All right, another edition of the All In Podcast. I'm Jeffrey Gonzalez. This is kind of a different episode than what we usually do. This is called Feedback Friday. It's something I'm going to do once every couple of weeks so we can give our guests a break and so I can give myself a break from interviewing guests. And basically what this is, this is kind of your opportunity as a listener to kind of join the show, throw in your feedback, throw in your questions, throw in your comments, sports or not sports related, which a lot of you love going with the not sports related topics. Today. We're going to get to that. Um, and just make this podcast, not just my podcast or my guest podcast, but make it your podcast as well. So I'm excited to do that. And in order to do that, I kind of need a little bit of a guest with me to try it out. So I called in a favor from down south, going south on you, for you new comes fans out there. He's the one and only. He covers Auburn for AL.com. Is it AL.com? We'll call it AL. Great question. I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> in all seriousness, it has been my best friend for, gosh, going on six years now. Too uh, long. Only, it's, it's... Matt, Matt Cohen. It... I watch more football, more IU football with Matt Cohen than I like to admit so uh i've been tortured is that does that qualify as cruel and and, and, and unusual punishment it's up there i mean okay. it's, it's not totally yeah it's up there um so matt and i we're going to start the show by previewing some of the college matchups and uh one nfl matchup that's particular because it's my team versus matt's team so that's going to be fun to talk about um, and then we're going to jump into some of our viewer questions. So stay tuned for that. Lots of fun to come there. Let's get going. Now, all in podcast back. This is episode number seven. Enough episodes to do one a day for a week. You can just listen back to the feeling that way. Matt, how you doing, man? How's Alabama? It is wonderful. I think I I, I feel like you've shipped in one of your guests for the for the for the all in podcast from a state that actually plays a little bit of football properly. Um, but things are good down here um, on Central Time, the proper time zone. Um, and and I feel like I could I could you know I, that'll get the Chicago folks going. They get a certain segment of your audience. I would love to know what segment of my audience is from Chicago. I can I, through the analytics, I can, I can see a lot. I can see what device they listen on. I can see the, the, what like platform they used to listen on. It tells me United States. A hundred percent of my listener base is American. So. Oh yeah, maybe. so not a lot of diversity here. We need to we need to hit that European market somehow. I really I'm really looking to upward my Spain audience. <laughs> uh, I'll get some Barcelona talk here soon. Um, Matt, for those of you who don't know, went to Indiana University. Uh, was arguably, in my opinion, he won't ever admit this, but I'll give it to him, uh, one of the best writers to ever come through Indiana University. He was at the Tampa Bay Times doing news for a while, then he got back on the dark side covering sports. He is a beat writer covers the Auburn Tigers, which is kind of like the Indiana of the SEC at times. That's fair. <laughs> uh, except now they're kind of – well, I guess, yeah, they are kind of a basketball school kind of now. But, yeah, honestly. Um, but he's been doing that for – how many months have been down there? 
I've been here for like two, for like two, three months now. I started in the beginning of July. I guess it's oh my god, it's almost October. Where'd the time go? <laughs> that happened way too. I mean, it's already week four of the football season. Like I feel like time just went flying fast. Yeah, it happens. It's it's wild. Uh, yeah, so I saw a tweet the other day that said like after this week we're thirty three percent of the way through the regular college football season. I was like, ooh, that it that just started. <laughs> that just got going. Um, <laughs> so it's just wild to me. Well, uh, Matt, I want to start today. Let's preview some college football games in the area this weekend. It's an Indiana based podcast. We got some Indiana based teams going off. Big college weekend. Uh, IU and Akron. Oh boy, powerhouse! Two one and two programs going head to head to see who can get to five hundred. Oh man, you can't write a better storyline than that. Uh, right now, uh, the betting odds favor FanDuel according to FanDuel, uh, which use whichever betting site you want. For me, sponsored. Uh, I wish I was. I don't think FanDuel. Actually, FanDuel probably should sponsor me, given how much money I lost on FanDuel. Uh, I think I, I'm, I I always like to use the phrase I've been down but not out for the past four years for betting on FanDuel. So uh, Hoosiers picked by 17 this weekend over under 46. We don't have individualized stats for players yet. I, I'm guessing Taven Jackson passing yards might be. 230 sounds too high. I mean, that, that sounds I'm, I'm going to take your word for it. I've only watched the Louisville game this season because I feel like they felt that, like, the Ohio State-Indiana game conflicted with Auburn's opener. Um, I guess I'm watching a little bit of the Friday night game. Um, but it's it's been – from what I have seen against the Louisville game, man, I mean – there was some hope in the second half there. I thought Taven Jackson had some moments there, but he looked like a sophomore. Or I, I think he, 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 he is a, a sophomore, right? Or is I making that up he, entirely? He's, he's, a, he's technically a redshirt freshman, but yeah. Okay. He's, he's a sophomore by school year, yeah. I, I think with Taven, you know, we won't go too much into detail because, like Matt said, he hasn't watched a lot of games. But I, I think we don't have to go too much in detail to be able to say – in terms of what IU quarterbacks have looked like since Penix has left, Taven's about as good as it's been. And I, I want this fan base to sit back and be- before you start complaining about Taven, because I thought Taven was great on Saturday. I thought Taven was the one bright spot for IU. Um, arguably the defense in the second half, but I, I really thought Taven at times did not look like he's only started two games. Uh, I thought he looked confident. I thought he looked like, you know, I, it didn't look like it was a quarterback battle, a quarterback coming out of a quarterback battle, I should say. Uh, threw the ball exceptionally well, plays with a lot of confidence. I, I, I've heard that the, you know, they feel the arm strength isn't there as it is with Soresby. I didn't really see that on Saturday. I thought he was firing the ball down field pretty well. Is he going to keep the job when Dexter comes back? Yeah. You know, when's the last time IU made it to weeks? They said Dexter might be halfway through the season. When's the last time IU made it to week six with a quarterback still healthy? You know, so the very I, best I, don't, I, I don't. I don't know. Um, but no, I, I think I think they'll be in a position where it's like even if he's let's say he you get to Dexter being healthy week six, you got a at worst case scenario, I say two-and-a-half, three-win team. Let's say two-and-a-half-win team. 
Um, I, I think I think Indiana's going to be forced with a choice of, okay, do we keep him in and, and let him build confidence, let him mess up so he's ready for next year? Um, or do we let Dexter come in? And, try? and I think it's going to be – the difference is going to be, okay, are, do you have three wins or two wins here? I think if you have two wins, it's kind of like, hey, you know what, we're probably not making a bowl. Um, it's not looking great. We're having defensive issues. Let's just let him get confidence up and let's get him some real-time reps. I think at that point you stick with Taven. If you are at three and you've been close in a fourth, I think you and you feel like Dexter's your guy. I'll, I'll tell you, back when we were watching practice, and this is back when Michael Penix played with the program. We, we went to summer practice. I mean, watching Michael Penix throw right next to Dexter Williams, at times it was hard to tell the difference in their throwing methods and their accuracy yeah. because at times they did yeah. both. So I, I really think Dexter is really good. Um, and I think this program has a lot of confidence in Dexter, but I also think this program sees the future being taken. And that's what's difficult. But once again, Indiana, just quarterback factory. We have so many we don't know. I mean, we're like New Alabama. Um, just, we, don't know what to do. we don't know what to do with all these quarterbacks. <laughs> that is um, interesting. We haven't had, like, really, except Penix in, yeah, what, been, what, 2021? one i guess i haven't really had a lot of years where it's been like this is like the unquestioned quarterback um because because panics in 2020 you, you had a health issue coming into the season he ended up being fine but you didn't know how he was going to be 2021 you, you you knew he was going to be okay when you got going when the season started um it, it, that is so odd though like they have not had a quarterback they can rely on in a long time and I mean, I'm trying to think of a, a year where they've had fewer than three starting quarterbacks over the course of the season. I can't think of many. I mean, it has to be the Ramsey Pennix years, right? Probably, maybe 2020 because there just weren't a lot of games. Yeah, but then even but but then even Pennix got hurt that year, and then they, well, I guess it was only Tuttle after that. I think. Yeah, I God, this is this is bad. <laughs> no, well, I take that back. Tuttle got hurt in one game and had to come out for like a play or two. Oh, you're right. You're right. I think who it was, was that the, was who was the third quarterback? I, I don't was remember. It no, it wasn't Dexter. I don't think so. Was that Grant Grimmel, Maybe I'm trying to think of that. That's was a good capital was... name. Oh gosh, I'll have to come back to that one. That, that's that's a gaming question. That's a, <laughs> that's, um, all right, Matt, that's a trivia question at the tap. We're gonna we're gonna take these four games. We're gonna put together for our viewers an Indiana parlay. Um, God. We're going to try to see what the odds are <laughs> both and see who can win here. So, so Matt, if you had to bet Indiana Akron, because it's a beautiful college football game, <laughs> to bet on, what would you bet? You got Indiana minus 17. I'll throw Taven Jackson, 230 yards, and over under being 46. You got to pick one of those three things to bet on Ooh. to put in your pocket. So, so, I do have to give the context here that we do staff picks at ale.com that are all against the spread. Uh, we do 10 games every week, and I have, of the 30 that we've done so far, gotten six correct. Um, so that's Things bad. Well. I, um, I, I, would, I would have lost you a lot of money if you were following my picks. I am in dead last of our staff, um, and, like, safely in dead last. I, I think I could, I could have a good week this week and, and still be in last. Um, and so I, I guess from that pick, the one I feel best about is Indiana minus 17 and a half. Um, and I say that purely because I just I don't I I don't know a lot about Akron, but I I would feel like Indiana should be 17 points better than Akron. Um, you know, it's a 
what you beat him by 21, three touchdowns. I feel like that's reasonable. Um, you come off a game where I feel like the offense had some good moments to build on versus Louisville. You have a team that you should, you know, comfortably beat up on this. This, this is really your last team on the schedule that you can really say that about. Um, take advantage of it, go out there, try some things. Um, I, I could see them, you know, that potentially could be a, a game where, if they don't cover, it would be because they got up by a lot early and then go to a, just put in some backups and that just kind of ru- ruins things at the end. Um, I, I feel like 17 and a half seems like kind of a low number for a power five team versus Akron. I, I think it's not a question of Indiana 17 points better than Akron. I, I think it's more of, like you said, it's coming in at the end and they hold on to it. And two, it's, I, I think you, this is a game that I think Walt Bell is going to throw the best plays that we've seen so far this season, but not throw anything that we haven't seen in the mix, not to give Maryland film for next week. Um, I think they're going to want to pull some tricks against Maryland. And I think we saw that earlier this week. We saw, you know, that beautiful trick play they ran against Louisville, which got my heart pumping a little bit. I was like, <laughs> oh my God, we're a program that runs trick plays. This is Indiana football at its finest, right? Uh, but no, in all seriousness, I, I think we're going to see a lot of plays we saw against Indiana State. I think we're going to see a lot of out routes. We're going to see a lot of um, Cam Camper to me is arguably does not get the appreciation he deserves. I mean, he is a big wide out who can catch great balls and make plays down the field after contact. I, I think he's Way better than he gets credit for. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to follow you. I'm going IU minus 17. I think they're that good. I think that's the safest run. I also think Taven over 230 is a safe bet as well. Um, I don't know what Cam Campers' yards are going to be, but I think he does thrive in these situations. I put him as there as well. All right, let's move on to our next matchup. Purdue with a little Big Ten West action. Wisconsin coming to town. Wisconsin did not look as good as we were all expecting. They lost at Washington State, but. We know how they do in the Big Ten West. Purdue is one and two. They lost last week to a Syracuse team that's good. I wouldn't by any means label them as yeah. winning Big Ten game on the road good. Um, but they kind of dominated Purdue, I mean, in all facets. So, Matt, where are you going here? I think it's – I have it in my notes here. Wisconsin five-and-a-half point favorites. That seems low. Purdue plus 180 and mm-hmm. over under 53-and-a-half. Oh, give me the under. Uh, 100%. That's that's a lot of points for a Big Ten West football. Where is the game again? It's in it's in, it's in West, West Lafayette. Lafayette. Oh, give me the under. Uh, that, okay, that's going to be under. like that's going to be like uh, I feel like that's that screams like 20 to 14 or something like like that. Like a like a, a weird low scoring Big Ten West game. I I really like Hudson Carr. I, I think Purdue has a quarterback that they can feel good about for the next two years. I think. You know, when you watch the games, I watch the Syracuse game pretty closely. The defense is growing, and we we know under Walters the defense is going to get there. We've seen what he did at Iowa – or not Iowa, sorry, yeah. Illinois. Quick turn. Illinois. He's going to do something so similar. Um, I think with Purdue, and he's, you know, that's going to make Indiana-Purdue matchups <laughs> 10, 12, 13 slug point slug fest. It's going to be a blast. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's get into a little Iowa, Iowa State point spread in this action with Indiana-Purdue because we love that. Um, I'm going to go Wisconsin 5.5 here, and here's why. I think Wisconsin is 5.5 points better. I just think they are. 
I, I think Purdue's going to flirt with them at the beginning. I think they're going to lose it in the second half, as we have seen Purdue do a couple games this season. They have not been able to put together four quarters of great football to win a game. Um, you know, I think Purdue's going to impress us here, but I don't think they're going to win here. So I'm going Wisconsin minus five and a half. Let's move to a little NFL action before we get to the game that everyone's going to be watching this weekend. You know what I'm talking about. But first, the game everyone in football is going to want to watch at one o'clock on Sunday. Yeah, uh, the one and one Colts versus the two and zero Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson, hopefully, going against a young. Gur version of Lamar Jackson? Question mark. People are drawing comparisons. Is, is, is he gonna? Is, is he gonna play? Is he healthy? So I heard yesterday, Colts Wednesday is usually when we kind of got a good idea of what we're going. It, it sounds like it's going to be game time. He and Ryan okay. Taylor are both game time. They're in protocol. They have made it to the light activity stage of protocol, which I think is either step Sounds two or good. Three. Yeah, uh, but it's also like, do you? I always come back to you know, is it? Great for guys to show up on Sunday, go through and be like, oh, yeah, you're playing. You haven't practiced all week. You haven't run run through who's all week. But sure, let's throw you in there. And some guys, you can do that. I'm not sure if you can do that. With no. Yeah, uh, especially when it's a concussion. Like, that. that's hard because it's, it's hard to be, like, looking at a screen when you're in concussion protocol. So you can't really watch film the same way. Um, especially when it's but, a rookie quarterback who's already showed us two games in his career. He loves contact. So I'm yeah. not sure if that's exactly <laughs> what we want to be rushing back. But Matt, uh, let me ask you this. Colts plus 300 tells me the betters know that Anthony Richardson probably not playing. playing. Um, Baltimore seven and a half point favorites over under 45 and a half. Um, Mar Jackson, not bad, but looked good in Cincinnati. Offenses. Yeah. Yeah, he's been not fine. Like, I, as we were excited, you know, expecting. But what do you think about Baltimore this week? Yeah, I, I, th- I think they've looked fine. I, I wouldn't say as much better than fine. They they play Houston and then a Cincinnati team that looks bad right now. And and like I, Cincinnati is going to turn it around. There's too much talent on that roster to not turn it around. So I don't want to like while the Ravens beat the Bengals right now. I don't think that's like necessarily saying oh the Ravens are like you know, clearly better than the Bengals. No, the Bengals just are, are figuring things out right now. And I don't think Joe Burrow is fully healthy either. Um, for the sake of this, I'm going to assume that Anthony Richardson is going to play just because I think that makes it a little bit of a closer conversation here. Um, I, I think I think Baltimore money line is one that I, I'd feel pretty good about. I mean, Baltimore is the better roster. It, the, game, the game's in Baltimore. Um the, the the point total is interesting because neither of these offenses have, you know, they both have potential to put up a lot of points, especially if Richardson is like, you know, able to be healthy and play to what he looks like he could do. And same with Lamar Jackson, who, who, who has been healthy, but just hasn't, he's just been fine. And he, you know, it's the typical Ravens. They just don't have a lot of really good stuff in the passing game. And now JK Dobbins is hurt. So you kind of lose your top running back too. Um, so I, I guess, the point total feels like it's a little low, but also for two hours, haven't looked that great. It's kind of like a little bit of a scary number. Um, I guess Ravens money line is the bet I feel most comfortable with, but it's also not going to win you a lot of money. Um, if you had to take a risk, I maybe would look at the over because it's just a kind of a low number. Um, but I don't really... I like the the point spread. I feel like in the NFL is so hard sometimes because this like you know they're all professional athletes compared to college. When it's comparing rosters that are so different from a recruiting standpoint, um, so I, I guess those are the ones I would look at. Um, 
but it, but it's a, it's a tough one because with the quarterback uncertainty with the Colts, it's kind of hard to know what to feel about anything. Yeah, I, I think it's it's very weird. Um, but the thing is, I also see for the Colts the possibility for this one. The reason I'm go I'm going to go Colts covering seven and a half, and here's why: I don't think Colts are going to win. I think they cover because I truly believe Gardner Minshew is actually not bad. Like I think he could. There's a conversation. He could be the best backup in the NFL. Uh, hey, and, Tyler Huntley made the Pro Bowl last year. Should he have? No, but he did. <laughs> he did. Uh, and I think I think for the Colts, and I think for you know, I think for Gardner, you're very much looking at a situation where, okay, Anthony Richardson's out for a little bit. You know, Sam Ellinger wasn't terrible last year. He's not great, but on backup standards, he's below average. If you're the Colts, I think you can feel good about, hey, we could get some trade value out of Gardner Minshew if a team needs a quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> Jets. Um, Jets, you know, gets to the <laughs> year and they need a quarterback. You know, we could get Gardner Minshew and possibly get a possible first round, second round, because teams are going to get desperate. And a team like the Jets or a team like, you know, name a team that's built a roster up for a Super Bowl this year needs a quarterback yep. to maximize that, Gardner Minshew could be that guy for that team. So I, I think he – what I love about Gardner is what I think he's shown is he's never – and he showed this last week against Houston. He's not going to be the quarterback you're going to be able to, like, lean your head on and lead you to victory, but he's going to be a quarterback that's not exactly going to cost you the game. Um, kind of reminds me of Baker Mayfield in that aspect. You know, Baker very – Baker's never going to win a game for you, but I feel like he's never going to lose one. Yeah. He's played pretty well with Tampa so far, I feel like. He's looked fantastic, and I love seeing it. Yeah. So I'm going to go I'm gonna go Colts to cover um, with that one. All right, last one here, Matt, uh, before we get to our viewer questions. Uh, the Saturday showdown, this, in my opinion, is probably the biggest game for Notre Dame in three or four years. Yeah. Second-year head coach trying to move on past Brian Kelly, trying to prove that this is a different Notre Dame team than we've seen that Notre Dame kind of, you know, is always going to get to the top 10 because, well, they're Notre Dame and then they're going to flutter out. They get Ohio State number six on Saturday. I I think Ohio State, we've seen them this year, they haven't really proven much. They just did not look great against Indiana. That was a lot of people's first perspective. They've dominated opponents since, but not in the way we're used to Ohio State dominating. Quarterback play has been good, not great. Um, Notre Dame underdogs here, plus three and a half points at home, over under 55 and a half, Ohio State money line minus 164. How are you feeling for this one? So clearly on paper, Ohio State is the better roster. That said, the game is both in South Bend, which like, you know, is that the best home atmosphere of all time? Like, no, I mean, it's a good home crowd, but I don't think I'd put it up there with like, you know, Columbus or anything. Um, but they have the better quarterback and they have the more experienced quarterback. And has has Sam Hartman played in a game of this stature? Not really, but he's, you know, he's played Clemson. He's played Florida State. He's played good teams before. Like, like he, he has been there. Um, this is obviously the biggest game he's ever played. But I think he's a lot of me is much more experienced than anyone Ohio State can trot out there. Um, yeah. So I, I think my bet here would be Notre Dame to cover. And I take that because I think I, I, I don't see this game being like any sort of like it's going to be close. Like the whatever team has the ball last will probably win this game. I feel like um, like a field goal probably wins it. And, and what? It's a 
three and a half point spread. So you kind of factor the field goal in there. Um, but I also think Notre Dame could, could win the game um, just purely because they have the, you know, the quarterback you can count on more. Um, though, I mean, obviously, I, 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 again, you go back to the, to the track record, as you talk about, Marcus Freeman hasn't really proven anything yet. Um, he lost the Marshall last year. Um, so I, I, I think I definitely, yeah, I, I definitely have concerns about Notre Dame until they prove to me that I shouldn't have a concern. But I feel like three and a, like taking them to have three and a half, which includes the fact that they could win, but also lose by a field goal. I think that's a, that's the number I feel best about. All right, so Matt going with Notre Dame to cover plus three and a half. Yeah. I'm going Notre Dame money line. I, I think playing in South Bend's night game. Um, I feel like Notre Dame fans have been waiting for this kind of opportunity. And I've looked at Notre Dame's schedule. We did this on an episode last week where we told you who's going to make the playoff. And Notre Dame for me is in. Because if they win this game, even with a loss to USC, they are still in the playoff, in my opinion. Because that would include a win against Clemson, a win against Duke, which isn't necessarily huge wins, but in my opinion, gets you in. Especially if you have a win against a top 10 Ohio State team. So I I think, for me, this is an opportunity for Notre Dame to make their case for the playoff right now and to get in. And I I think they're going to do it. I I think they're Ably is good. I think they are better than Ohio State as far as what we've seen so far this season. I think the biggest difference with Notre Dame, and we're going to talk about this on an episode next week I'm really excited about. Um, the biggest thing with Notre Dame that's different from years past is they have a confident quarterback who is looking to be one of the, he's thrown for the most touchdowns a Notre Dame quarterback in his first three games has ever had. Um, and Sam Hartman is just delivering things for Notre Dame that a quarterback in the past has not. And we're going to talk about this next week. I cannot figure out from life why Notre Dame is not a quarterback factor. Like I would figure that would be a blue, like a you know mm-hmm. high IQ quarterback, like you know kind of like the Trevor Lawrence. It's like I can't figure out why for that branding in it, the NIL era they haven't the, been able to learn more so quarterback play. This, but yeah. this is purely this is purely my opinion on it. But I think the combination of being not in a conference. Even yeah. though they play a good schedule anyway, I think that ends up mattering to them just because of television deals and stuff like that. But also, too, I I think so, and this is something purely based on what I've seen here, you know, at Auburn that I think is is actually a little bit similar there in terms of just how much religion matters at the at the at the school. For some people, that's great; you want that. For others, you might not, and that might be a turnoff to someone who's more focused on you know football than anything else. That's purely my opinion. I don't know, but that's just my own thought on it. South Bend, Indiana is lit in the winter. It really, yeah, it's awesome. Of what? Uh, Bonfires to stay warm? Exactly. (laughs) Uh, All right, so that was our Indiana parlay. All the games coming up this weekend. Matt, you are going with Indiana minus 17 against Akron. The under in Purdue, Wisconsin, which is currently set at 53.5. Ravens against the Colts. You're going Ravens money line. And Notre Dame plus 3.5 to cover against Ohio State. That puts you Sounds like place. 0 for 4. Plus 750 <laughs> odds. Put 10 bucks on that. You're going home to $75. So if you feel good about Matt's picks, you can go with that. You shouldn't. Money. <laughs> Matt and I don't make money, so we don't know why you want to go with this. You're feeling lucky. If you're feeling really lucky, you should go for my parlay, which has plus 1,500 odds. <laughs> this is why I don't win. This is the kind of bets I place, and I feel good about this right now. IU minus 17, I'm going to have them covering against Akron. I got Wisconsin points, uh, minus five and a half at Purdue. 
I have the Colts covering plus seven and a half at the Ravens. I think Gardner Minshew is going to try to prove that he's has some value and should be traded and get to be a starting quarterback on a team elsewhere. I got Notre Dame money line. All right. I, I like the Irish. I like them in South Bend. I like them taking down Ohio State. I think this is going to be a year we're really questioning whether or not Ryan Day should stay in Columbus. That should be an interesting conversation. People in Columbus already want Dion, so we'll see. Dion Sanders gets twice a year or once a year. God, it'll be the best. Um, so if you get, it's plus fifteen eighty four, $10, once you 168 on FanDuel. Once again, these are purely guesses and shots in the dark. Do not hold us responsible for any losses yeah. because we will not be doing you any favors. So yeah. bet at your own risk, have fun. But I feel like I need to add the disclaimer, like if you have a problem, call the state numbers that you're supposed to call the problem. But I'm not going to Can you tell me what that, that is? Like I probably should call that now. I, I might I might need it. Right? So do I. Uh, <laughs> All right, let's let's get to this. So we had the opportunity for viewers to submit recordings, voice memos, and just texts about what they feel like, any questions, sports topics they felt they maybe wanted to ask on the pod this week. Uh, we got a lot of them. Matt, here's one of our viewers, Isaiah, who's chiming in on a sports question for us. Sports on another uh, unnamed uh, podcast that I listen to. Uh, there are believers and non-believers in momentum in sports. I would like to know if you believe, one, in the momentum of sports and uh, how important momentum in sports is not only to one particular game or player, but to an organization, especially at a time like social media. A lot of these college kids, I think, are influenced by the uh, clout of a team. Um, for example, I'm going to guess that Colorado is going to be a hot commodity in the upcoming recruiting season um, because they are, they're hot right now. they got momentum. So tell me what you think about it. All right. So that was Isaiah asking us about momentum in sports. And I think it's an interesting question because I think we're seeing it a lot right now with Colorado and we're seeing it a lot right now. Um, I think with USC, I think we're seeing, you know, Careful what you say about USC, Matt. We don't want yeah. to get I don't want to get suspended. No, <laughs> um, yeah, I think you are seeing a lot of change in momentum and the power of what momentum can bring you. Um, but no, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. You cover a major SEC team who's kind of going through a rebuild right now, a new head coach in his first year. Well, what are your thoughts on momentum in sports? I think Colorado is a really good example of it. Like, you know, when you're talking to high school seniors, like, you, I mean, not to – make a stupid analogy but like you want to be the cool kid in school right when you're in high school um and to do that you probably want to go to the cool college program like if you're if your choice right now was to go to colorado and play for dion and get all the you know the social media attention and all the all that comes with colorado right now or go to this up just like you know some other pac-12 team let's say arizona for for example you're probably going to go to Colorado, right? Like it's, it's the more fun program to be a part of right now. You also probably want to win football games and it's way easier to sell winning if you are currently winning versus if you are, you know, Indiana and you're not currently winning. And, and Indiana had that moment when, you know, in, in 2019, 2020, when they had the momentum and they, you know, had really good recruiting classes coming into those seasons and they weren't able to build on that. Them. And that's kind of gotten them where they are now because the recruiting didn't keep up. 
And when you're not recruiting at the same level as the rest of that conference, you're never going to keep up. You're seeing that kind of at Auburn right now, just to use my own, you know, my own beat as an example, Auburn is, you know, widely regarded to finish kind of toward the bottom of the SEC West this season because for two to three years under Brian Harson, they didn't recruit. Harson just did not recruit the South at all. He didn't like, take on many recruiting challenges and the talent on Auburn's roster drained significantly. And they don't have, like, uh, I was a story earlier this, this week, Auburn plays Texas A&M. So this is a good example of it because they recruit at a really high level. Um, Auburn's last five-star recruit was in 20, was a linebacker named Owen Papo in 2019. They didn't get another one until this year when they flipped a guy named Demarcus Riddick from Georgia and then got a second wide receiver as a five-star after that. But in that same time frame from 2019 to July when Auburn got their two five-stars, Texas A&M got 14 five-stars. Has that you know led to success for Texas A&M? That's a different, that's a different topic. You can write a book on that. But that matters and, and being able to kind of build on recruiting and, and, and get top level recruits does matter what's happening on your program. You can't lie to these kids. They do pay attention. Um, so, so yes, but I think the, the momentum matters more in terms of like how you're getting people into your program. Obviously it does, you know, during the game, like, you know, you could use the Indiana Cincinnati game with Micah McFadden's targeting penalties. It's a good example of that. Um, like it matters in the game, but I think the, like the big picture momentum is kind of what matters more, at least to me. Well, let's talk about big picture momentum, kind of going back to that. I think Colorado is a prime example. Um, no pun intended. I didn't mean to use prime there. But, uh, I think it is a good example because here's the thing. They are changing the way things are done. And in a weird way, that is attractive. People admire change. People want to watch change. And, in a weird way, it's going to be like, you know, if Deion Sanders loses his next three games, we're going to talk about it more than we talked about Deion Sanders starting three now, you know. And I think there is pressure that comes with that. But overall momentum, yeah, in the transfer portal this year, five stars are going to want to go play for Deion. Like, it's just going yep. to happen. Like, they're going to want to play for Deion more than they want to play for Nick Saban yep. or Peter Smart or Tom Allen. Like, that's, <laughs> yeah, I just put those three in the same sentence. I mean, he got Travis Hunter to go to Jackson State. Like, yeah. before he was at Colorado. <laughs> and, like, I'm not, I'm not even going to lie. Like, usually I think I'm not a huge fan of the personalities like Deion Sanders. But, like, I look at what he's doing at Colorado, a school that has struggled in football since 2000. Yeah. And, and it's making Colorado football fun. And it's making it entertaining. And it's making me watch must-watch TV in the sense of, like, I want to watch a Deion press conference, not because I care, but because it's going to be entertaining. And I think that is kind of what college football is going to need to transition to as it modernizes. Yeah. We're going to see a lot of less Nick Sabans and way more Deion Sanders. And it's, I think it's going to, what's really going to transition to is you're going to see a lot of NFL legends retired, done their Hall of Fame thing, and now are you know doing shows on ESPN and kind of sit back and yeah. say, shoot, maybe I should go back to my own line because I can do this. Yeah. I mean, the IQ is there for Deion Sanders. He knows football enough to coach. And he's also – this is the other thing I don't think people are talking about. Deion Sanders surrounded himself with a – you know, I think it's either D.C. or O.C. who was on Nick Saban's staff, staff a year ago. Yeah. So he surrounded himself with people who have had success in college level. So Deion's also smart in the sense like he knows he can't do it by himself and yes, he would get help. So he's been able to create that momentum, and that momentum is translating into wins. And I think yeah. that's a good thing. Um, I look at a program like Indiana. Let's use them for example. Why was last week's Louisville game so important? 
It's not because Louisville is that good and it's an impressive resume. And it gets Indiana one game closer to six. Just that all helps. But the reason that Louisville game is important because it gives you confidence heading into a game against Akron, but more importantly, much needed confidence heading into a game against Maryland. I think that's what happened in 2019 Indiana. 2019 Indiana beats, you know, Nebraska on the road for win number six in the year. They're bowl eligible. They get that monkey on the back. And that team changed after that Nebraska game because it's almost like they kind of realized, like, wow, we can win at this level. We can deliver this. We can't, this is working. And I think that momentum shifts a program significantly on the broader spectrum. You know, you talk about momentum in a, excuse me, in a more narrow spectrum, I should say. Momentum in a game. Uh, what is so awesome about momentum in a game is, like you said, Michael McFadden's a prime example. It can change an instant. A uh, 50-yard run down the middle um, changes momentum. Um, a team going from being up seven to up 14 and getting a turnover. All of a sudden, it feels like they're up 21. Mm-hmm. Uh Changing momentum in football, especially basketball, you know, basketball is a game of runs, so it changes all the time, constantly. Football, you can knock somebody out and knock a team out with momentum if you're able to put together a couple good plays, a couple takeaways, and a couple scores in a matter of minutes. And I think that's what's really cool about football is if you really watch a game, and what I love about watching games, you can see teams go from up on a mountaintop, hype as they're running out of the tunnel, believing they're going to win, to shoot, can this game be over yet? And we've yeah. obviously watched a lot of that. So uh, thank you, Isaiah, for that question. Uh, this next question, I have a football question, Matt, so I'll tackle it if you uh, don't want to. Uh, somebody asked, I can attempt it. really like Taven against Louisville. Is he the guy who's going to get our program to six wins this year? Okay. <laughs> we, we talk about this and we, we joke about it, but – the biggest problem with Indiana, and I'm not harping on Indiana fans. This is any fan base, by the way. Before you like win, this is a team that's won a combined five games the past two years. How about we watch them win five games in the regular season before we jump into bowl game success, right? I mean, listen, I think Taven's great. I think if you watch the Louisville game, you're feeling confident about the quarterback play. Yes. Quarterback play isn't necessarily what's been, you know, the only factor in this team losing games year in and year out. It hasn't helped in the past two years, but it hasn't been the only thing. Yeah. Defense has been mid at best. Uh, that's finally improved this year under Tom Allen, finally getting a defensive rating back up to par with what we've seen in Tom Allen in years past. That being said, can Taven Jackson take that next step and lead this team? Yes, he can, but I don't think it's this year. I think this year is going to be a lot of growing pains. And yes, you saw good signs against Louisville, but he's a young quarterback, which means his strengths are limited. And when you go against Big Ten defenses every week, what Big Ten defenses are going to do is they're going to figure out what those strengths are. So let's say Taven Jackson, really good. You know, this is something that happened to Michael Penix, and it happened to Michael Penix every year in the Big Ten. Michael Penix would strengthen an area of his game. So when he came in, he was really good at rolling out and getting great five-yard runs. Then they eliminated that. So then Penix started throwing more. And if you, this was the biggest critique of Penix. Penix really loved throwing to the far sidelines. His strong side, was it the strong side or his weak side side? I think it was his strong side side. Yeah. He loved throwing the wop and tie to the right side. So he was throwing left, left side. Yeah. There we go. I don't know why I had to do that. But <laughs> then they started, like, then you go against Ohio State, they see that and they want to eliminate. 
So they're trying to, they're going to sternly streak the field. So they're going to find Taven in situations where he has to throw the ball in areas he is not comfortable throwing the ball. So what you saw against Louisville, you're not going to see week 8, 9, 10, 11, and 12. And that's the big thing is you're going to see his play take a step back as he goes on. Other teams get more film on him. And it's hard to progress throughout a season and get better each week in areas that take kind of months and weeks to build. So I, I don't think it's going to be this year. I, I think it could be next year, um, but definitely you're at. And I think for Indiana, it's we, we talk about this idea of build to something. You're not going to be a program that's going to have eight, nine wins year in and year out like you know, like Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State. Uh, what you're trying to build is like, hey, can we get to a nine, eight, nine season once every four years and then sometimes for it was six in the three years between that? Yeah. Uh, that's how you're going to build this program and build up strategy and build up legacy and build up tradition. And that's where this program needs to go from now on. Not anything you want to add to that. Yeah. So I pulled up Taven's just like stats for the season. And they're honestly, what's, what's weird about it is like his general passing stats are pretty good. He, he has, I mean, his completion percentage for the year, take away the Ohio State game when he only threw what five passes but he completed 70 percent of his passes against louisville and 86 of them against indiana state are those the best defenses of all time obviously no that's notwithstanding um but like that's a pretty good completion percentage for a sophomore um what's interesting though is his qbr despite having a good completion percentage is not good um he is 67th in the country right now with a 55.5 qbr and I don't know what time about how I don't really understand how some of that is, is calculated, but that is odd for him to have a QBR of that low, despite compl- other than the Ohio State game completing pretty much on average like you know three quarters of his passes. Um, I wonder he's the only he's only thrown for one touchdown, so I bet that kind of plays into it. Um, but that is that is odd. He also doesn't throw looking the ball through this um, that much. True, he he hasn't thrown for, for more than three hundred yards yet in a, in a game yet. That is something I'd like to see improved on this Indiana offense. When you look at what works with Kalen DeBoer, you know, there were a lot of drives that did not – that went three and out under Kalen DeBoer. But what Kalen DeBoer was really good at doing this was taking shots downfield when he wanted to. And a lot of that Indiana's offense success that we saw under Kalen DeBoer was his willingness to give quarter Michael Penix and Peyton Ramsey the opportunity to go downfield and the opportunity to – you know, take shots and for guys like Ty Freifel or Watt Thriller to fight to get open, Donovan Hale, uh, gosh, that's a name I haven't mentioned in a long time. But yeah, just get open. I think for Indiana, you, you got tall whiteouts. So give them the opportunity to go up and make a play um, because that is the only way you're ever going to beat an Ohio State and Michigan is by taking shots. And I think that's why we saw an Indiana team find success against those kind of teams, the 2019s, because they were willing to do so and they, were willing to, they weren't going to play scared. Um, and I think for Indiana, you know, you're already picked against a lot of these teams. You might as well go out swinging and at least say you swung for the fences when you could. Uh, but that's a good question there. I like that one. Uh, Matt, another Indiana football one. Is Indiana football going to a bowl game this year, yes or no? No. No. I'm on the same boat. I say no just because the schedule's too hard. Um, if they would have beaten Louisville, I would have said yes. They didn't. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, I just don't see them winning four games in the Big Ten, personally. Yeah, no, I don't think so. Um, I think they is they are 
the window is there in the sense that they play Illinois, Michigan State, and Purdue. Um, there's the Michigan State might be in total turmoil right now. So that's... Michigan State is in total turmoil. Right yeah. um, but I, I do think it's – and they, here's the thing. Even before all that stuff happened, uh, they weren't looking great either. <laughs> I mean, no. they were, you want to talk about a coach that's fallen for grace. I mean, even before all this, he has lost all no. of it. Um, with his program. So I, I'm going to say no to that one. Indiana not going to Bowman. Uh Matt, this one's interesting. This is a big topic we're seeing in the NFL right now. Um, somebody asked about the difference between turf, artificial grass, turf, hmm. and grass fields and how they are playing injuries across NFL. And, you know, it's not really a topic in college football, but I assume yeah. it's happening in college football as well. Yeah. I mean, I'm not an athlete, obviously, but I can tell you that athletes will always talk about how they prefer to play on a grass field. Like it, I, I don't, you know, I'm not an athlete, I'm not a scientist, so I can't tell you like why that matters in terms of like this, how it affects, like the anatomy of how it affects your ankle and everything. But like, we've clearly proven that it matters. Um, And I don't know why the NFL continues to, like they have the money to maintain a grass field, get a grass field. It's it's also interesting. It's, you know, I, I talked to a friend who's a run, who's cross-country runner at Purdue, and, you know, she was telling me, like, training in grass and training on a track are two very different training routines. Yeah. Know, two very different stretching routines and two very different – so, like, when you're going on a race that's on, you know, a track versus a race that's on grass, you have to do things totally different. And I think that's similar to football. I think that's why we're seeing these many injuries. But the other thing is, like – and this sounds crazy, like a lot of these injuries are to running backs. Yeah. I want to point out, if you are getting hit by a linebacker thirty in the NFL 30 times a game, eventually your body is going to get sick of that. Yeah. And eventually – is not a turf field. Yeah, and, and like I think it's going to happen on grass or turf. Now, yeah. I think there's – you know – you can say the Nick Chubb injury. Well, Nick Chubb injury was on grass. Yeah. Sports. So it's not really that. He just got hit in a bad place. Yeah, and it's football. That happens. And I think yeah. like the other thing that, like, and I think what's bummer is, you know, we're talking about the value of NFL running backs right now and just kind of with the Jonathan Taylor thing we've talked about a lot on the show, how that's evaluated and how that's going. And, you know, if Anthony Richardson was getting hit 30 times a game, you would have concerns about yeah. Anthony Richardson's health. I think we just automatically assume, well, running backs, that's part of the job. Yeah, it's part of yeah. the job. It doesn't mean that their bodies can handle it any better than their quarterbacks. Yeah. We had Osterman on, you know, first episode of the show. He made a great point. People always ask, are you worried about your quarterback getting hurt so much? Why does no one ask if I'm worried about the running back getting hurt as much? At least when the quarterback gets hurt, you know, when the quarterback's getting hit, he's at least standing still usually. Or slider or doing something. Mm. The running back is getting hit. He's usually going full speed ahead with another guy coming full speed at. So it's just, I think a lot of it is, I think what we're going to see in the NFL in the next few years is going to be a large emphasis, especially with Tua's situation. I think we're going to see a large emphasis on training how to fall, how to get hit, how to absorb hits is going to be the new, I think, new thing teams are going to go look for. and I feel like we make fun of Tua for it and like how he's like learning to fall. Um, but I think it's going to play an impact. If Tua plays a completely yeah. healthy season, I think we're going to look at it and say, okay, shoot, like maybe yeah. that's something all teams should be doing. And like running backs, learning how to get hit and evaluating, like evaluating, hey, 
I'm not going to gain much more on this. So maybe I should just go down. Um, I think the, that's something The Ravens had to teach Joe Flacco how to slide. Like, like I mean, yeah. you have to do that kind of stuff sometimes. And, and you know, like the Aaron Rodgers injury was on turf, like stuff like that. Like that, and that happens. But there also is obviously a football. I mean, it's it's not fully on the turf. Like you can definitely get hurt on grass the same way. But yeah. like it does matter. Like, it does it does it matter? Yes. Are there also other factors that matter too? Yes. Yeah, I, I think it's we're gonna. I, I don't. If you guys think we're gonna go all artificial, all turf, there are climates where regular grass is really hard to maintain. <laughs> it just is. And yeah, and it's, I think it's going to be, you know, then if you get rid of artificial turf, you know, you got climates where it rains every day, Seattle, where, okay, are you going to be able to play if the field's flooded? Yeah. So there, there are going to be issues that pop up. Uh, Matt, let's go with a fun one now. We're going into our kind of more culturally Indiana questions here. Um, hey, they're going to the Akron game, which is a 7.30 kick now, LOL. <laughs> I love our viewers. Um, looking for spots in Bloomington to watch games before going to the game. Don't want to limit myself to one spot. Any suggestions on a couple places we could go? So, Matt, that's you know obvious. That's you obvious. Ex- <laughs> you came to the experts for where to go and where not to go in Bloomington. So, Matt, Saturday game day in Bloomington to watch football. Give me, give me your top three seeds here. Where are you going if you got a couple hours to kill anyone watching football? Uh, the upstairs patio first. Okay, uh, the upstairs, upstairs, the upstairs old bar second, and the upstairs new bar third. It's not, it's not even a debate. Okay, so Matt just wants to go upstairs. I think Matt has had upstairs since Ross, so he wants to go upstairs. We don't have water logs aren't a thing down here. You got to make them a thing in Auburn, Matt. Here, here's what I'm doing. There's Best, one bar in this town. <laughs> Best places to watch a game in Bloomington before 7.30 kickoff. Um, listen, if you haven't been to Bloomington before, here's what you got to do. Upstairs, I agree with Matt. Number one, uh, great great food specials, great drink specials, good vibe all around. There's patio if you want to sit outside. They have You can watch the TV from anywhere in the entire venue. They've done a great job rebuilding that. Uh, two, I'm going next just because it's Indiana game day, Indiana yeah. tradition. Um, Might take you half an hour to get your entire prize, day but... at next, <laughs> but go in there, just soak it up a little bit. Um, in the last spot to go yogis? on a game day, huh? Yogi's? I, I, I was thinking Yogi's. Yeah, I think Yogi's is solid. Um, the the I, tab. Um, and maybe Brothers. I, I, brothers, is, bro, brothers has great TVs. They always yeah. have My um, complaint with Brothers for watching a game is just a little bit more hectic in there in terms of just like yeah. people getting just like really drunk. Um, I think if you're but, going to a casual game day vibe, Yogi's is great. Yogi's has amazing Yeah. Sports. I think the, my the one tap? With Yogi's, tap, is, tap is solid, but Tap is also 21 and up. So maybe if these people are oh, at we're naming upstairs pubs, so I guess it's all turned up. <laughs> well, um, but, uh, <laughs> that, that was solid. Um, I'm not a big beer guy, so if like I'm gonna go, you know, I'm not a huge fan of going to taps and watch me and like let everyone around me drink beer while I get that. That's why I like Yogi's. Yogi's mixed drinks are great. I'm not the biggest fan of them. Yeah. That's why I say, uh, you know what? Let's just save you all a little trouble. Just go to upstairs. Go to upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> upstairs is the only I, one without like that doesn't have a caveat. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I was telling this somebody last week. When we talk about bars in Bloomington or restaurants in Bloomington, you know, it, I always say my line about why people should go to IU, you know, whatever, I'm recruiting somebody to IU. It's, um, it's really hard to find somebody who went to IU, no matter what background they had, no matter what they studied, who does not love IU. Maybe yeah. they didn't love their experience. Maybe they didn't love their friend group, but they love IU. It does not matter where you are from, what your interests are, whether you love sports, hate sports, love music, hate music, love going out, hate going out. I have never met somebody who says, yeah, I don't like upstairs. Like everyone likes upstairs. I have one other, one other addition to the list. Kilroy is but specifically before 4 p.m. Like if you go, like, like, like if you go, if you go for breakfast club and you stay for the early window of the games and then you leave after that. I, I, dude, I don't even know if breakfast club is a move. Okay. I, I went to Kilroy's for the first time in like six months, a couple of weeks ago, and I felt like I was 90 years old. Like, I really? Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't, never mind then. Okay. Have a let's, do, let's do a recap. This guy wants to go watch a game in Bloomington. Assuming this guy is 21 and his buddies are 21. Upstairs pub. Upstairs, upstairs everything pub, else. Upstairs pub. And then Nick's, Yogi's. Yeah. Tap. I, great little squash game. I think, I, th- I think Nick's is definitely the second. You just have to know going into it that, like, you know, what you're signing up for with regard to waiting and stuff. Like, hey, it's crowded, and that's it. okay. Like, it's part of the what? experience. You do the bucket, you right. get the fries, like, it's Nick's. It's tradition. But yeah. Upstairs, if you want to actually sit, chill, watch games, kick back some drinks, that's a good one. All right. Yeah. This one's kind of a different one. Like I said, we got a lot of different ones. Uh, Matt. This viewer says, hey there, guys. My girlfriend says liking Disney movies as a 20-year-old plus male is weird, and I should not be a fan of them, and I should not want to watch them. Are we having a Disney adult conversation? weird, or is my girlfriend weird? Listen, fella. As a fellow 20-plus-year-old man, um, if your girlfriend thinks it's weird that you watch Disney movies, I think your girlfriend's weird. I think she might That's be the problem. I, I think that there's a difference between a Disney adult and enjoying Disney movies. Those are not the same. If you enjoy a Disney movie, as no, if I you're think we all the, should. If you're putting like, on the Minnie Mouse ears, yes. then yeah, there might be a conversation you had. Yeah. You're playing the game a little too well. But if you're just enjoying <laughs> Kanto, like, dude, you enjoy it's Kanto. It's a good movie. It's like a bad like, like maybe a bad Disney. It's okay to watch a Disney movie every now and then. Like it's okay. Like, name me a bad Disney movie. There's not many of them. Really quiet. Um, <laughs> They're all good. Yeah. Uh, the new ones haven't been great. <laughs> that's a, okay. I, I heard like, all of them that's bad. I didn't see it. I, I haven't seen that. that. But like, like the classic Disney pick. Like, I if you put on like The Lion King right now, I'd go sit and waste two hours watching that. It's a great movie. Yeah, fantastic, <laughs> fantastic movie. All right, Matt. Final question for you. This is another uh, great one here. Um, kind of going back to Bloomington. Best pizza in Bloomington. Ooh, that's a tough one, honestly. Okay. So I will say before my answer here, and this is bit, this is bad of me, I've never had Da Vinci. Um, 
And I know I probably should have had Da Vinci. Um, for a lot of people, that would probably be up be up there. Huh. Honestly, like Mother Bears is an experience, but I think the pizza is not like it's not the best. It's not the best pure pizza in Bloomington. Um, I don't know. Okay, so I'm gonna go. I'll go. I'll go Mother Bears, Cafe Pizzeria. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. And I, I'm going to throw, you know, I'm going to throw one more in there. I'm going to throw um, um, Asteria Ragger in there. Asteria is probably going to be my answer. Asteria is really different good. Pizza. It's like, are you going for like an RC pizza or are you going for like cheap pizza? So there's like, there's like the Da Vinci and Asteria. But like, if you're going for like dinner, sit down dinner, you know, then I think it's Mother Bears. If you're going for, you know, kind of unique pizza. I think it's you know, Cafe yeah. Pizzeria. If you're going for artsy pizza, it's that. But I, I think it's, I, it's Bloomington does a great job of surveying, like giving all the different types of pizza. Because I, I, I do have one hot take in here, though, and I don't know if they still serve pizza, but Switchyard was not bad. I felt like I don't think they serve pizza that's disappointing. I know. I don't think they do. What uh, it was like? It was like it was when King Doe closed, right? Then that went into Switchyard, and that that's that's just that's just gone now. I think. I'm gonna be honest. It, I don't know. <laughs> I, I do. Probably a Galen question. That's that's a Galen question. We'll have Galen. Yeah. Uh, Matt, appreciate you jumping on. Uh, always fun talking with you. I know I talked to you once a day, but always efficient. Yeah. It's nice to it's nice to have a conversation. <laughs> it's, it's recorded this time. This is what we normally do at this time. You just have to listen to it with us. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, always a blast. Uh, best enough. Oh, who's Auburn got this weekend? We are at Texas A&M, so I fly out tomorrow. Got my Southwest notifications ready to go for check-in for the flight. I guess well, you're going to watch this on a Friday. So when, when you're when you're actually listening to this, I'll be in the air heading to Texas A&M. Um, but um, so go going to A&M. I, I might I might go to Midnight Yell. I kind of want to see the cult aspect of of that. Um, I, I don't know a ton about College Station. Uh, I, I'm supposedly going on the Texas A&M pregame show on Saturday, which I don't really know what that's going to be, but I don't know. Um, so we'll figure that. I have to be at the stadium at like Well, I, I have to be at the stadium at like 7.30 in the morning, and we're staying an hour away from, from College Station. It's, it's an 11 a.m. kickoff. Um, so I don't know how that's going to happen, but we'll have to figure that one out. <laughs> Say hello to Jimbo Fisher. I don't know how many more opportunities you'll have to see him in College Station. So that is nice. that is former that is former Auburn quarterback coach Jimbo Fisher, actually. Really, I didn't know he was there for seven years. He was here, and you know they have Terry the I believe Will Mus- I think I think Will Muschamp is also on that staff, if I'm not mistaken. It was, Muschamp- a, it was an interesting staff. I believe. That was head coach. I, that could be totally wrong. I'm not 100 percent sure, but I, that was uh, Terry Bowden was the head coach there, his, uh, son of Bobby Bowden. Um, which like the I asked I asked Jimbo this yesterday because I was kind of just because I was curious about it. The timing's funny because he played Terry. So Terry Bowden is now, now the head coach at Louisiana Monroe. Louisiana Monroe and A and M played Louisiana Monroe last last week. So in back to back weeks. It, that he's playing 
Terry Bowden, his boss at Auburn, and then the next week he's playing Auburn. And next year, because the world is a funny place, Auburn is hosting Louisiana Monroe in Auburn. Well, don't forget you also have the king of ethics in college football, Bobby Petrino, as offense coordinator at Texas a Oh, you're right. Maybe I should take a motorcycle into the game. <laughs> so I heard that somebody from Louisville posted last year. There was some issue with a coach and racism, racist comments that he made towards a player. And a, universe, a former University of Louisville football player tweeted out, uh, something ridiculous along the lines of, see, this is why I love Bobby Petrino. You never had to worry about Bobby Petrino showing hate to anyone because that guy hated everybody. <laughs> and like, <laughs> I was, I like, we were all dying in the office at the time because we were like, yeah, that, that's pretty accurate. Bobby Petrino did hate everyone. <laughs> you don't have to uh, but anyway, well, if you're that's still listening funny. to this podcast at this point, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> Yeah, right. You probably, you probably fell asleep with your phone on. I hope so. That's getting my listener <laughs> now. So. Anyway, I appreciate you coming on, Matt. Appreciate you guys all for listening. We'll be back next week with new guests for you on the All In Podcast. Be nice to each other out there and good luck today. The best day of your life. We'll see you later.